Well, hello, my little munchkins, and welcome to the seventh episode of the Damn Good Podcast. Today I'm joined by Travis Terrell, CEO and co-founder of Soundstripe, also a friend of mine, huge inspiration and sort of a mentor, even though he might not know he is. I'm actually super excited to get this episode out because it's one of my favorites so far and the amount of knowledge and forward thinking that has been shared in this episode is purely incredible. So without further ado, please welcome Travis Terrell. You're listening to the Damn Good Podcast with Edward Quirt, the go-to resource to help you navigate the murky waters of the new music business. All right, so welcome to the podcast. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Edward. I'm so happy to be here. I'm a big fan of also your music. Uh, by the way, your first song... Uh, or the theme song of this podcast is dope. <laughs> <laughs> so it, would it would it be a fit for Soundstripe? I, maybe it, I think it would. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, this is this is just my niche, my little my little funk, um, disco-y stuff. That that's that's what I do myself. That's what I provide to my clients. And why shouldn't I use it for for the podcast as well? Hey, absolutely, and. We, I'm sure we can uh, talk forever on the subject of niches and how I think they're really important, uh, especially in today's uh, music industry. Uh, but absolutely, uh, it, it, I thought it was awesome. I listened to it the other day. I was like, man, that's the best podcast song I've ever heard. So congrats on that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. So for those people who don't know you and your company, just two sentences about who you are and what you do. Yeah, so uh, my name's Travis, and uh, I'm a co-founder, co-CEO of a company called Soundstripe, and we are a, um, a micro music licensing company um, that sources music uh, and delivers that to uh, you know tens of thousands of, of filmmakers throughout the world, um, you know, a lot of freelance filmmakers. Uh, YouTubers all the way uh, to some of the Fortune 500 companies. Um, so yeah, um, that's a that's a that's the two sentence version for sure. So for me, like how I discovered you is through Daniel Daniel Grimmett, and he's for me he's the man. And I've been following since since he started um, the songwriting team like six seven years ago, uh, maybe even more than that, and then based on what he did, I tried to model that and um, and I did and I've been successful. So shout out to Daniel. Daniel um, is brilliant. Uh, brilliant businessman, brilliant thinker. Uh, he's not even paying me to say that. I just really, uh, really enjoy hearing his uh, his thoughts. Uh, and I think he he basically helped turn, um, you know, like producers, uh, 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 they kind of he kind of turned it on its head a little bit and said it's time to stop um, whining and complaining and go out and get work you know <laughs> so right I really and he's been that. the pioneer pioneer he's been pioneering the scene he's not only like someone who just he's a leader mm. first and foremost and that's what I like about him and then I kind of I was stalking Daniel on social media and I was reading the blogs he he read just to, just to see what he, he what he did. And then I saw you on Facebook as well. And then I also listened to, I don't know which podcast it was, but it was basically 
Daniel was on the podcast and then you joined him afterwards. Um, I guess it's EDM prod something. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 That one. And this one pretty nice because even if I'm not that much into micro licensing myself and, and writing stuff for sync, um, just, just the way you, you see things and like the, the whole outlook on the music industry and how you approach marketing, that whole thing inspired me a lot and gave me a lot of fire for my little eBooks that I wrote and my little posted it. There's a friend of mine, Ryan Pruitt, who worked for you at some point and for the company. And he, he said like a lot of good things about you as well. So this is, Oh, that's amazing. Kind of my, that's my, so sweet. My side. Thank you so much. I mean, it, it's, uh, it's been quite the journey for, uh, uh, myself and, uh, Micah, whom I started, uh, this whole thing with, um, really, we started as a, a you know production team. Uh, we were freelancers, just like you know so many of the people in the audience uh, here, and and uh, we were producing records and we were writing songs and and um, you know I grew up a a, a, a all intensive word a jazz musician. Uh, I don't, not not many people know that, but uh, it's um, it, it it runs deep in my veins. Um, and you know, I had no idea, um, no idea at all that I would end up doing something like this. And uh, but it's just, it's just been such a such a great journey. And uh, yeah, I started writing uh, my thoughts uh, on long form Facebook post uh, probably a couple years ago. Uh, really, just because I was really diving into a lot of uh, learning books, audio books. I, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the Enneagram. Uh, it's like this uh, personality test, but I'm a five on the Enneagram, which just means I consume knowledge all the time. Like I'm a huge nerd. Right. <laughs> so that- Yeah, I've been following you on Medium as well. I tried- um doing some stuff myself, but I, I wasn't good enough at that point. Maybe now I would, <laughs> I would be able to write something, but often following me there as well. Yeah, right. thank you. And I, yeah, and I, I found that it was good therapy for me to just write down my thoughts of things I was learning, uh, because these were all things I was going through at the current time, like uh, with the company and, and, and everything. So it was just good therapy for me. And then I just, I, I so it, in retrospect, I'm really glad it helped other people, but it was kind of selfishly just for me to get my own thoughts out. Um, and um, but now I, you know, I I uh, want to be more intentional about it. I'm so busy with the company uh, that it's it takes a a lot it takes a lot of thought putting those blogs in. So I I really have to. Uh, kind of give it a like a once a week I like write write some thoughts down or something but uh yeah it, it's it's been fun for sure yeah you you don't even know how much people look up to you and respect you sometimes even for myself I just sometimes I just post stuff because it's bothering me but then I have pe people reaching out to me privately and say like hey this really helped me and thanks a lot for doing this so same for you that that's amazing so, that's why we do it um, so Soundstripe, right? How how did you start the company? 
did it was it born out of necessity or was it just an idea extra for you because you've been a musician yourself right yeah first and foremost yeah it it was it was necessity uh for us we um we started the the company uh i, I think well we actually got the idea in 2014 but to back up a little bit um in 2010 micah is my my business partner and i we 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 started this recording studio. Uh, back then, it was it was a weird time because streaming was just taking on. Uh, it wasn't popular yet. All the labels were like shooing on it, and um, and so there was a lot of 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 I don't know disparity in the in the music business and. Um, It wasn't something that you you were really looked up to for doing, but it it, it um, so we got the idea. We wanted to be producers, and so we before that I was touring in bands, and Micah was touring in bands. So we'd spend a lot of, a lot of time touring, uh, and before that I even I moved to Nashville uh, from Texas uh, with about two hundred dollars in my pocket and said I'm I'm doing it. I'm really this is it. And I dropped out of college and, and made my mom really mad, uh, for a time, but that's okay. <laughs> um, so, um, so yeah, we, um, so from 2010 to 2014, there was, um, this four year, um, I don't know, trial of, of trying to figure out how to be a freelancer um, and, and, and really trying to figure out how to make a consistent income uh, every month, pay our house bill or rent or whatever. So that was really, that, that started to be really important to us. Uh, and so um, at the, the same time, I was a tour bus driver. So, you know, I was driving all these bands around and I would have all night to sit around and listen to podcasts and books and things like that. And so, you know, I was fortunate to uh, to have um, kind of all that information coming at me at once. And and so, I, like, really, we in in these this four-year period of time, we discovered a couple of things. Number one, it was really, really difficult for a musician to make a consistent income. Possible, totally possible, but really difficult. So, um, and and number two, the one thing that we discovered in this whole process is that music licensing was extremely complicated, um, and uh, stock music itself was really freaking cheesy and terrible music. You know, you kind of yeah. have. Yeah. I work for Audio Jungle as well, so I yeah. Know what <laughs> yeah. You've been to these uh, humongous sites with, you know, 700,000 songs in their catalogs and you're like, oh my God, first of all, how do I filter through all this crap? And then second of all- and Every single one is like upbeat, 150 <laughs> BPM, you know, happy, every single one. So uh, some happy, really, upbeat. maybe some MIDI ukulele, <laughs> like just- Marimbas, oh, claps, marimbas. We were just so turned off by that, and we were like, "Man, I wonder uh, if there could be something that w would be would be better than that." Um, and, and really, that was even uh, after we had tried to to really get into 
uh, like bigger custom music licensing syncs, like doing uh, doing syncs for big TV shows and things like that. And what we realized is that, like most of the music industry, it's it's um, it's driven by ego uh, and driven by this lottery system that is just so. I don't know. It's it's terrible to me. It's I, so ra random as well. Like it's super random and and not scalable and not not predictable. Totally. It's not a real business. It's like you're you're making a song and you're going to hopefully have some result like like and, and a lot of people would tell me you need a sh you need a song to get on one of these big shows for exposure. Like what does that even mean? Like Like, um, and what does exposure really get us? Um, and so it, I, I just thought that there, this whole thing was awful because we would spend all night, like we would get um, a pitch email uh, in our inbox at about eight, nine o'clock at night. And it would say, we're looking for a song for a, it could be anything, you know, a uh, 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 American Idol, or we're looking for a song for uh, Grey's Anatomy, for Kardashians. or Kardashian song, like some whatever, and um, and it needs to to be happy, rocking. It needs to mention fireworks or whatever. And so we would stay up all night. Uh, we would hire singers, and we would like really put our heart into it. And after about six months of this, we realized that that. Um, 300 other people were doing the same thing like they had sent that email out to so many more people uh and that that to me just turned me off uh and so we ended up having probably 30 or 40 songs that i thought were decent uh but they just didn't get landed they didn't get you know um picked so we uh had this catalog of songs and so we just decided what if we just put them online and sell them ourselves uh, we can find our own customers and that sort of thing so that's how it, the original idea started in in 2014 and then from there it took uh, another two years to figure out what the hell we're doing uh, figure out a business model that actually worked um, and uh, and then and then collect Uh, music from uh, back then it was our friends uh, uh, you know that also were producers that had 20 30 songs just sitting on a hard drive going nowhere um, and we were like what if we partner with you guys we'll split the revenues 50 50 and let's just let's just do this like I'll we'll try to find the customers we'll build the website and uh, you guys make the music so that's the original story of how it kind of started Super intense because, as you said, you dropped out of college. What did you study? What did you start to study um, before you dropped out? Yeah, so I was a jazz piano major. Um, also, a um, uh, also my first year of college, I went to uh, McLennan Community College in Waco and studied um, under some like really great teachers. There uh, was you know big in the jazz program there. Um, 
Uh, so I'm, I'm originally a fiddle player, a violin player, so I play a lot of jazz violin and uh, a lot of old folk country bluegrass. Uh, and then uh, migrated my way to the piano uh, when I was in high school and really just got attached to it. And uh, so, uh, yeah, that's that's what I studied. But I mean, like nothing to do with what I'm doing now. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was. That was, was <laughs> that's what I wanted to say because it's nothing technical. So you said like you build the website, you build the infra infrastructure, you build um, the distribution as well. So I mean, you had a lot of a lot to learn. Yeah. While, while you did that, while you were working and, and like providing for yourself, you had to to build up that that entire structure and infrastructure for for your company. And that's what we continue to do. It 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 blows my mind um, how much work actually goes into uh, to it. And you know now there's fifty six people on staff at Soundstripe, and um, and so the the. It, what there's an there's an old saying that what what got you here won't get you there um and it's just it, it really is the the essence of it is that every every six months or every year you're a different person you're a different it, your company is different uh and so what what skills that got you to a certain place are not going to be able to get you to the next place um and so For me, it was, you know, I had to learn um, about business. Uh, I didn't know anything about business. I had to learn about... Um, web design, a lot of web design. Yeah, and we, we, uh, we finally uh, added a third co-founder in 2015. His name's Trevor Hinesley, uh, an amazing, brilliant person. And, uh, and he is our CTO, uh, Chief uh, um, tech, Technical uh, Officer. And so that's That is uh, somebody that it, now he's in charge of the website and and everything like that. And there's so much involved in it. But it, you know, we didn't really know how to operate a company. Um, and we were freelancers like everyone else. And and um, uh, there is a an amazing post by um, Seth Godin, uh, which is a brilliant uh, marketing. Uh, influencer that that talks about this very thing of how the, you know what the difference is between freelancers and entrepreneurs is and we you know we dove into this really hard and heavy because we were freelancers and in you know just to define here if you're a freelancer you are somebody that gets paid to do work you know and and um, and that and a lot of people end up being really unhappy because they're kind of in the gray between freelance and entrepreneur. So there, you know, you, you, you see some of these uh, producers that are so entrepreneurial minded that they have assistants that are doing everything for them. They are like building this huge empire and then all of a sudden they hate what they do <laughs> or all of a sudden it's the quality goes down or something like that. And so it, it really took us a long time to figure out, okay, are we, are we uh, essentially freelancers? Are we going to step into the entrepreneur game, which means that, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, you're building an asset uh, that is an entity on itself that one day uh, you are not running anything. You know, you are getting paid while you sleep. 
you're getting your 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 job is to not have a job, and uh, and so that's it's quite a bit different. And and we really realized that we were better at at being entrepreneurs than we were being were being freelancers. Uh, and you know we kind of decided to really uh, step into that role and uh, and be the best entrepreneurs we could be. Uh, and that would in turn help all these freelance uh, producers that, uh, you know, do what they do best. Where do you see Soundstripe right now? Like the role of the marketplace where it sounds right now, like you still on the artist side, like you want to help the artists make, make an income while providing value to, to your customer. Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I think Soundstripe has evolved so much um, th th from what it was uh, and to what it is. I mean, today it is practically um, uh, a label and a publisher, um, at, you know, with our own distribution platform. Uh, that is right. That would be the next question. Excuse me if I if I interrupt you. That would be the next question. What do you do in particular to to help artists? build up the, the revenue and provide value to your end customer, whomever it might be, like movies and other companies. Yeah, absolutely. So we we are, you know, uh, we do have some uh, licensing agreements with uh, artists, but for the most part now, we are uh, a label and a publisher that, and the way we think about it is, is we want to make it extremely fair for artists. We don't believe in advances and all of that stuff. We, uh, and, and recoupable whatevers, I believe the label system is really broken. Uh, and, uh, and so we were, we really thought up what would be the perfect world for a producer, not necessarily an artist, uh, but, but for a producer, uh, that, that would allow him or her to do, um, do anything on the side that um, they wanted to do. Um, so really what we do best is a, we have, uh, you know, two different tiers, but basically it's a, it's a salaried, uh, like consistent income type of thing. There's, you know, some, some work that is 1099 and some is actually like, there's some people that are actually on staff at Soundstripe uh, that reap, the full, you know, rewards of being an employee at Soundstripe, and uh, they just go to work every day and produce music, you know, for us. And uh, and then it's our job then to uh, go out, find customers, and you know, sell them the the music that they want. We don't we don't look at it um, much differently than Netflix would uh, about uh, like how they create content. Uh, you know, they own the content, they, they, um, you know, they're, they pay their, their, uh, people well, and then it, in turn, they have to find customers for that content. And so that, that's how we do it. You know, so we, we own the content, uh, you know, there's some deals where we don't, uh, and, uh, you know, we're open to creative deals that, that, um, you know, when we see something that we really like. But um, that's kind of how we do it for the most part. Right. So would it be wrong if I say Soundstripe is the new age of, of music labels? Because you like, you like to handle Soundstripe, like, as you said, like Netflix and all these newer companies who just dominated and demolished um, the old way, 
so to speak. I I hate to say like the new age or the revolutionary or thing yeah, like that. Yeah, it might sound a bit word. corny, but, but um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I I do think we are are doing things uh, way different than they were, uh, and I I think it's it's working. So I, you know uh, we're not here to. Um, you know, like there's like Fiverr and all those websites, like these huge marketplaces. We're not trying to do that. We don't want to be uh, the Uber of musicians. <laughs> you know, like uh, we're, we're not trying. Yeah, that's up. That's Upwork already. Yeah, yeah, Upwork. Uh, yeah, that 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 already exists. Um, uh, we don't um, really believe in this because if you're a freelancer, there's there's so many mediocre. Uh, freelancers out there. There's there's average uh, musicians out there, that, and and we're we're not that. Uh, we're not the answer to, you know, we're not the godsend to the music industry. I don't believe that. I I, I believe that we're here to um, help uh, our customer uh, with a, a really um, uh, massive need that they have. And that on the other, on the artist end, we, you know, um, really invest into artists that we believe in. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I, I think on the, the label end, on the business end, it, it works much better than the traditional way because you're not really going on, um, hope that something will blow up. Uh, it is, you know, it's it, it. We know that it will get licensed. We kind of have all the data around it. Um, we're you know we're really uh, you know we invest highly into like analytics and and that sort of thing. So it's um, it, it's it is very much like uh, the Netflix system. And uh, you know we believe that that's and I don't yet know why uh, Spotify is choosing not to do that. But I think that. Over time, it they will. I mean, they just bought uh, Gimlet Media for two hundred million dollars. Uh, that's a podcast company, you know. So, content is still king, uh, and right next to it is distribution. So, what we were really tired of with the music industry is this mom and pop, like, like, like. Um, like the 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 I don't know it's it's hard to explain like people that were holding the gates closed uh, and saying you know oh you got to go through me to get your songs on some big TV show or something and we were like no hell no we'll go find our own we'll go find the customer directly uh, and so that was you know that was something different than what you know usual uh, like labels do um, you know and so that's. I, I really appreciate you you saying that about us. I, I don't think about us that way. I think we're just we're just doing um, what we're supposed to be doing, and 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 urge everyone else to to think outside the box to create value for a customer, um, and and don't think you know. And I think the new way of the music industry is not this ego driven thing. It's it's like think about yes. It, it, yes. Like I'm not, we're not trying to get anybody famous. We're not trying to get anybody like um, uh, like on the red carpet of the Grammys. Like we're just trying to provide for a customer, uh, and it happens to be music, which we really love. And uh, and so, it, 
to, to us, we're just trying to, it's a, it's a very uh, boring kind of business. It's non-sexy in the music industry. And that's what we actually love about it is that like royalty-free stock music is just like, like right. what? Like that's not sexy, but to us it is because it's something that, uh, you know, majors are not thinking about. Um, and it's something that, there is a definite need in the in this, in this world for for that kind of music, and um, and you know and hopefully and we partner with artists and producers that that are also in that same boat that aren't looking for you know they're not looking to be the next Katy Perry um, and 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 if you are there's nothing wrong with it it's is literally it's just um, there's there's it's your goal it's your goal right and so there's other yeah, whatever goals. you want. I mean, it might be not as glamorous, but it gets you the it pays the bills in the end. Absolutely, and and I think that the big um, difference in the music industry now is now there's this emerging middle class of of person, like uh, you know, producers and and musicians and and uh, you know, songwriters. That it's not just the very top, and then you're. The low lows. The low lows. Yeah, that, that, that's what people around me think all the time. People that approach me, my parents, all the people uh, in my circle think that they always ask me like, when will you blow up? Like when's, when's your next, like when's your big break? Like when will you, when, because for them, it's either you're nobody and busking on the streets or you're like the top, top guy in the industry and that's it. There's like no middle ground in between. And that's wrong because there's, as you said, like I always say there's a healthy, middle up to upper class, um, whatever you want, it depends on you, like middle, healthy middle class of working musicians that just work for themselves, provide immense value to their customers, whomever it might be, and pay their bills, buy cars, buy stuff, whatever they want, and they don't need to be flashy. And, and, um, and the reason I said that is because coming back to your company, um, there's a lot of people being skeptical about when you say like our company wants to provide as much value to customers and artists as possible. And people are like, hmm, I'm really skeptical. Why would they do that? You know, like why would they give so much to us when we're not used to that? Because I know it's differently from this and this company um, doing this before. So this, as I said, new era, quote unquote, of companies that emerge right now that actually are conscious about um, people and they know that it's it's all about the culture and the people and the value they provide and it's not about like ego and and like a lot of money and and drama and stuff like that and the the shift is changing very slowly and over time because I see it but it's still prevalent especially in the older generations. Mm, yeah, that's so true. And my uh, our. Uh director of artists relatable services has this this funny saying that he was like man the music industry used to be this like big guy with a fur coat and a cigar hanging out of his mouth and it, it yeah, like big fat guy <laughs> gold chain <laughs> yeah just like what up guys yeah one of your stars yeah and, and it's, like the guy from <laughs> what's the what's the series uh big time rush you know you know yes. the fat guy from big time Rush. that that's the dude <laughs> Yeah, that's, sleazy producer guy. I guess, yes, and everyone in the business was just like thought to be the sleazy kind of uh, thing, and and now it, it is really changing. And not to say everyone was sleazy back then, not not at all, but it, it's it's really 
um, it's changing more and more to uh, like, we can't do it without the songwriter. We can't do it without the, um, the guy in his bedroom making this track. And so, you know, we, we believe that we're partners in this whole thing together. And so that's why, uh, you know, we wanted to, uh, you know, in almost employ these people, uh, you know, give them things that, uh, you know, a software developer would have on our company and things like that, that are just so unorthodox in the music business. Like that just doesn't happen. And, and of course it's not for everybody. A lot of people like for you and for instance, you have, but like we're, we, uh, you know, we really niche down uh, hard for the kind of producer that we're we're looking for. And you know, there's not just producers on our team. There's mix engineers and mix assistants and songwriters. And but the the but those people are, um, you know, a lot of them have toured in the past. A lot of them have done things. But then they're just like they're ready for some like stability, and they're ready for something that's like like I just want. To, I, I'm tired of the hustle. I'm tired of every month looking for, at the next artist to produce. Uh, they're like, I, I'm, I'm over that. And, you know, a lot of people are really great at that. And then some people are, yeah. it's, it's a hustle and it's really tiring. It's not for everyone. It's not for I everyone. I built my platform. Yeah, I built my platform out of necessity myself as well. So it's a hustle. And it's still not perfect and I'm still niching down and perfecting it every single day and providing value on a consistent basis is difficult. But one thing for me is I actually enjoy it. Like I enjoy providing value, whatever it might be. Um, and this podcast is, is one of those things um, amongst others. But I know a lot of people who would never like put, put themselves out there. It's just because that's not them, that's not their character. They would rather sit in behind, behind the desk and just simply produce very good music, talented people, but they just as introverted so they, they wouldn't put, the self, put themselves out there um, and that's where they struggle. So it's kind of cool if, if you are able to provide them um, like an employer in a sense uh, with, with stability and, and a steady income in exchange for good music and whatever services, man, that's awesome. Thanks so much, man. It's fun. It's, I, I literally couldn't have dreamt it, uh, you know, a couple years ago. It, 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 and, and every time I, I, I just have to pinch myself to, to find, like, because once you're in it, once you're in the, the hustle of it, you're not thinking about it. And so every once in a while you have to like look up and say, oh my gosh, what have we done? You know, and, uh, uh. and so it's really cool. But it wasn't always their way. So tell me a little bit about the struggles, because right now you can sit here and say like, we are at some point where it's actually flowing and going well. But tell me about the initial years and a little bit of your of your struggles that you maybe one night you woke up and like or couldn't sleep and like, hey, I mean I don't know if, if it works and I'm eating rice and beans for for months on end. I can't even pay my rent. And um, how did you? handle to to overcome those times yeah so and, and it's interesting to note that the the hard times don't go away they just change you know the, uh, like uh su success uh breeds way uh, more problems actually uh and it breeds other kinds of problems that are sometimes as stressful or more stressful and i've i've told people that uh i was 
d- dirt poor and happy as could be, you know? So it, it, like that really, and that was a hard lesson for me to learn that success doesn't make you happy. <laughs> and I think we're all, we're all kind of, of, of. Yeah. That's because people uh, equate success to happiness. Yeah. Which is not because success is success, happiness. Success is maybe one pillar of of many, if at all. Yeah, absolutely. But I, you're, I mean, you're right by saying I, the the struggle to get this thing going. I mean, we um, we had more failure. We've had more failures than success, and uh, we're we're uh, man. I, I like. I'm trying to. Th- like control my brain right now because it just kind of goes crazy with all the stories that that of things that almost fell apart uh you know there in the very beginning uh you know we had absolutely no money we weren't uh, there weren't investors or anything like that and and we were just had this idea and the way i think about it is is you're you have an idea about the world. An entrepreneur has an idea and they have got to get it out of their head. And we had to figure out a way to see this through. Um, and it, it, and that's when you know, like you, you've got the bug, you've got the itch, you have to go for it. Uh, and, and, but the, the thing about it is this theory about the world, because we had a theory, our theory was that I think there are way more music licenses and customers out there that you would that, that you would think and I think they would um, it, you know pay an affordable uh, subscription to a music site like ours and if the music was good so that was the theory but the thing about it is if you don't know if the theory is going to work you're just you're just it's a bet and so we had to bet on ourselves um, and in the beginning, it didn't work. Uh, in 2014, we launched this thing. We were really excited about it, and we had no customers. Uh, I think we ended up with one. Um, and we we then kind of switched gears, uh, and uh, and and this was a whole iterative process of learning. Okay, let's change the pricing. Let's. Let's uh, change the website here. Let's do this. Let's provide a different kind of music here, and let's find a, a different niche of uh, a market here, or like a different kind of audience. So, like people that that start things that have it all figured out are usually not. It, it's not right. Like like you you don't quite understand that this is going to be a much longer process than you think it's going to be, uh, and so. This was really, really hard for us. Um, uh, we st- started with just Mike and myself. We had a, a you know, a band of of people that we had really um, coaxed into being on the team with us. We didn't pay them anything. We didn't pay ourselves anything, uh, you know. And I was still working a full time job. Uh, my and Micah was too. We were producing records uh, to 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 get some money, um, and. You know, the way I, I I look at this is you're you're trying to roll a big boulder up the hill, up a huge mountain, right? And this is like a ten ton, twenty ton boulder uh, that you absolutely can't push up your uh, by yourself. But you know what would happen is we would get 
uh, one win, one small win, we would be able to push the, the rock maybe one cycle. Uh, and then all of a sudden something would happen. Uh, I would, you know, go through a three week depression <laughs> or Micah would, you know, or it, it, like anything could happen. And then the, the rock would actually move backwards uh, and, uh, and we'd get crushed. And so it, like that happened you know, over and over and over. And, and I, I feel like we were just hard-headed enough uh, to keep getting back uh, up, you know, off our butts to roll the rock again. Uh, and, um, and, and eventually we find, like after the, 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 the rock would move backwards and then we would figure out why it moved backwards. We're like, why did this happen? Did, did, like because we don't have any help is it because we're bad at this or bad at that so we would figure out these things and then go at it again and we would try to roll the rock again and then finally it it rolled twice and then finally it rolled three times and then it it started rolling by itself and that was kind of the whole idea of of you know, entrepreneurship and having a startup is that the, the rock is rolling by itself. So, man, it, um, it, it was a struggle for a long time, but I, 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 uh, I do believe that um, if you are persistent, but also I, I don't want to say you, that you never say no because you're actually saying no quite a bit to things as you're kind of iterating these changes, but you're really freaking persistent in that you're just going to get back on the horse uh, and um, and because you need to prove this idea out. So that for us, that was, I think, how we uh, managed to keep keep going somehow. Uh, I, I, I look back and say, I don't literally don't know how, uh, we were able to keep going. Um, that's what I wanted to ask right now. Like, how did you keep going? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Well, honestly, for me is that I didn't have another option. Um, I think, and I think that's pretty important. Uh, I knew that, um, I knew that I wanted to do something in music. Uh, I, 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 that was inside of me that that I grew up that way. I dreamt my whole life of that, so it it just wasn't it wasn't an option that and that that didn't happen. So and the other part is well, I'm trying to think what I was going to say. To keep going, you need to say no to all the things, but also that's the only thing you know. That's the thing for myself. People say to me like, "You're smart. You can do that. You could be." a doctor, stuff like that, on my small scale. I'm like, I could potentially, but I don't want it because I don't want nothing else besides music. And I will make it work no matter the ca- the cost because that's the only thing I want. And I don't see myself in the future doing anything else. Maybe that's a little bit stubborn and, and very narrow-sighted in a sense. Yeah. But no, absolutely. that's the thing. Uh, uh, you know, it, it, yeah, I, I was I, I was just to get back like literally that is it right there. I um, I didn't want to do anything else, and I couldn't do anything else back then. I I was 
stubborn enough uh, to say that, I mean, I didn't graduate college, right? So I, I couldn't be a teacher. I couldn't be uh, this and that. So my options were very limited. So, and, and I also kind of had this bug to make my own rules. Um, and I wanted to do it my way, which was even harder, right? So I knew that I'd set myself up for, for really bad uh, outcome if this didn't work. So, you know, and so we just had to make it work uh, and we didn't have an option. And, and it did take almost 10 years to happen, but it's, uh, you know, people just don't give it enough time usually. But, but that's a, that's a yeah. different subject. Yeah, th there's a lot of blunders. There's a lot of sacrifices you 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 need to do to succeed at this, and it's not guaranteed as well. So that's that's on top. Yeah. Um. But to people who ask me, like, I work full time. I want to do this on the side and and do freelance freelancing business and and somehow switch to full time production. Will it work? I'm like, nope. You need to dedicate everything you have. And they're like, uh, I don't see myself doing that. I'm like, well, then you either will, will need 20 years or nothing. Because as soon as you burn your boats, then then the fun is happening there. Like then it starts, really starts happening there. Until then you still have the safety net and whatnot around you. And might work for, for some people, but for most, I would say until you dedicate everything and anything to it, you will not succeed. That's a really good point. And there's a great uh, illustration of that uh, in um, startup land is that uh, building a startup is the equivalent to uh, jumping off uh, a cliff and building an airplane on the way down. And, uh, and so it, you really don't have any other options. You have to build a plane or you're going to die. And so it's, um, I believe that uh, really constructs some uh, creative thinking along the way too. And, and it's, it makes you think differently than if you had a cushy job um, while you're trying to build something. Uh, I, I think necessity is, is the mother of all invention, so. And I mean, you don't have to jump in it blindly, like, you know, quit your job right away and there you go, I'm full time. No, that that's the wrong way to do it. You have to still have to plan and strategize and doing do it smart. But at the same time, don't don't drag it out and like don't don't use it as an excuse to to not do it. Because I have people who started out at the same time with me four to five years ago, maybe even less than that, but they're still at the same point. Not even not even they don't even have the websites down and don't even have, have a portfolio on, on the website. So, um, but because they're still working their jobs or doing whatever, um, living at their mom's houses as well. Yeah, so. <laughs> look, I mean, I get it. It's it's really, all this is, is just managing fear and managing expectations uh, along the way. So it a lot of this has to do with fear. I mean, there are people that want to- All of it, all of yeah. it. Because because you will, I mean, people are afraid to break and like to to really succumb to fear, anxiety, and and all of that stuff. And they will because it's hard. It, it's not as as cushy as you said than going to a nine to five. And it it is it is a possible it is a real possibility. But if you're dabbling with the thought and you're kind of unhappy and 
I mean, either you do it or you're not. Yeah. And there is that, I don't know if you've seen that, that Jim Carrey commencement speech where he talks about you can uh, fail at, at doing what you don't want. So you might as well do what you want uh, or do what you love. thought that was so great because you can get a nine to five and then be let go from that nine to five. Nothing's, nothing's for sure. Nothing's safe uh, mm, anymore. Tomorrow's not a promise. Yeah, exactly. So why not do something that you love? And, and I get it. That's really hard to do. And, and sometimes what you love is not what you're good at. And that's another uh, issue that, that, that happens. But a lot of it is, is, this is this whole thing is driven by fear. And, you know, fear is, is something that I, I, I still have tons of fear. Uh, so it, don't, don't get me wrong. It's not something that you say, okay, go away fear. Like it's something <laughs> like fear is, is something that uh, you live with and, and you dance with. And you know, the, the way I've seen it is that fear is somebody in the back seat of the car that's sometimes going to tell you uh, don't jump off that cliff. There are rocks down there. Like you need fear for that kind of stuff. You need fear for uh, telling you that the stove is hot. Don't touch that or whatever. Or there's a tiger, you know, in the forest. Don't go in there. Like that. We need fear for that kind of stuff. But there's there. We really don't need fear for uh, our art. You know, making a track. And caring if somebody's gonna like it or not, like we don't really. There's no place for fear in creative work. There's no place for fear in startups. There's no f- place for fear in you know creating a business for yourself. And you know, the, but but the, fe- the 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 brain, the part of your brain that has fear in it, it, it doesn't know the difference between a tiger in the forest and your creative work. So you have to be the person in between saying, okay, fear, thanks for showing up. I really appreciate you, but we're not, I don't need you right now. And, um, and that, I mean, that's a lifelong pursuit. That's very, very difficult um, because. Right. And it's not, it's not about running away from fear. That's the distinction. Like you cannot say, hey, fear, fuck off. I don't need you because then it will come back at you with, with twice as force. The thing is, as you said, you have to dance with it. You have to accept it, whatever it is. It's like, you're here, okay, come at me. I'm, I'm here, like, I'm open. And it's like like a calling. You're like a warrior waking up every, every morning, like gearing yourself up for war, but you're not fighting fear, you're fighting together with it. You're like accepting it and bring it into your day consciously consciously not you're not run, let it run wild while you're like your little primal brain is, is ra- running rampant like an ape um con- very very consciously like you, you accept it but you're aware of it and you just work with it and that's it you sit with it and you accept it in your life and then if you're just let it be there it it will not have anything to to touch like to to grip on on you it's just it's already there like you opening yourself yourself that much to it so it doesn't have any any space to attack and never r- run from fear never hide from it because it will get you you can you cannot run away from yourself so that's true so true i love it preach preach on <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, I have my I have my experience with that for sure because, man, it it is it's prevalent in in everyone to, to and it doesn't like you said it doesn't go away. I mean, now I have uh, fear speaks to me all the time, and 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 people are usually surprised by that because you know of what Soundstripe has become and whatever, but it is, it's there every single day. And now, you know, I go through bits of, of imposter syndrome of like, oh my God, like, like are, when people are going to find out that I don't know what I'm doing, you know, and what, what's going to happen to me, you know, uh, when they find out that I'm just this little, you know, small town kid from Texas that, you know, I, I'm not qualified to do this. Like that kind of stuff happens, uh, you know, all the time. And and but again, like you're dancing with fear. You're saying thanks, fear, for for telling me that. But but really, you have no right here. And I'm the one that's driving. And um, and so it's 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 definitely uh, something that doesn't go away, uh, no matter you know how successful you become. And and but you know that's. That's the real point, and uh, and so once you learn to to live with it, um, then it becomes you know much more manageable and and makes the whole process fun. So, yeah, cool. Um, let's switch the pace up a bit. Yeah, <laughs> so please. How many? How many? <laughs> because you know that's a heavy subject. Exactly, and I'll talk about it regularly almost on every podcast. So, it's 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 a recurring topic. Anyways, um, how many musicians do work at Soundstrap right now? That's a great question. Uh, I think there are 25, I believe. Uh, Full time. Uh, yeah, it changes, um, you know, every month or so it's adding, but uh, it, you know, but yeah, about 25. Yeah, so there's 25 on staff. Yeah, so... Uh, and, and, uh, and then there's, uh, all together, there's, uh, 56 of us. That's, uh, office right. staff and, and everybody, but yeah. yeah. And how many musicians do provide music for Sunstripe? Um, you know what? All together, I'm going to say 50 or so, maybe, maybe more than that. Uh, uh, you know, it, it, it has been more and then we've kind of, started slowing the pace down uh you know we're not like an audio jungle that just lets a bunch of people in the door we're, yeah. we're very selective of who we let in and uh and so yeah it, it it ranges but i i think we're in the 50 to 75 mark sweet because that's what i wanted to say it's like if, if you if you take audio jungle as a comparison they have thousands maybe maybe in the hundreds of thousands of musicians putting up their music and micro license it to whomever for $20 up to whatnot. Um, your approach is a little bit different. So you have around 75 people providing music on a consistent basis. Yeah, and uh, and and so, and you know, 25 are the, the full-time people and, uh, and so the rest of them are, are giving it to us as needed uh, or we have a different deal with them structured. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, we thought that that was gonna be a better solution uh for our customers uh and it and it better takes care of the artists that we care about it's so you know instead of giving artists 
$10 a month, <laughs> you know, like that's, that's not really meaningful to us. So we care about, you know, having like our mission it, it, the comp- with the company is to keep creatives creating. And that's not only uh, on the, the musician side, but on the filmmaker side as well. So, uh, you know, for us, we want, we wanted to, to make sure that the artists had uh, meaningful uh, salaries and that, you know, that's been, you know, a great thing, but also a challenge because then you have to provide uh, these customers that have a huge appetite for music and they want Bollywood and they want uh, all this different type of music that is hard to provide. And so, uh, you know, we, we've had certainly had that challenge uh, as we go uh, through and, but we're so damn particular about the musicians that we hire and the musicians that we put on staff. So that's, it's, uh, you know, that, that's been our, our big challenge is, is how do we scale up with the amount of customers we have versus the amount of music that we need. Right. How, how do you hire musicians right now or how did you hire them um, before? Yeah. So when we first started, it was just me and myself and, or I think you say Micah and I, right? Well, it was Micah and I doing, uh, um, we were just, it was just our friends that were giving us music, uh, our producer friends that we had known through the music industry. Uh, and that of course changed. And then we, we, we started uh, an online application uh, and we brought a lot of great talent in that way. Uh, you know, but what we've done recently, we've closed that, you know, uh, application off and it's really just been a kind of, it's morphed into a, um, more of a label, uh, type situation where I, I think they still have the submission where you can submit music, but it is, it's, we're not just like accepting anybody. So it is, a it is a very, uh, it, like we, we want to get to know you. Uh, we want to get to know your music. We want to know like what makes you tick, what, um, you know, kind of creative process do you use? Um, that sort of thing. And, um, and so it takes, uh, now, you know, we, we meet with our artists, you know, maybe two or three times, uh, at least before we, we get into a, you know, a partnership with them. And so that it's sort of like a label partnership now. Right. So our, all of the client, uh, I mean, all of the musicians, local musicians, or do the remote as well? So, uh, oh some, yeah, someone. Yeah, they're from all over. Uh, we do. I mean, there's a a handful that that are from Nashville, uh, and our mix engineers are from here. Uh, but the um, but all of the, I mean, they're from everywhere. Uh, we have we do have a handful in Nashville, but we have L.A., New York, uh, in, in Netherlands. We have. Um, uh, UK, a bunch of a bunch of different places. So if someone is saying right now, "Hey, I'm very good at this, and I would love to work for Soundstripe," what do they do? Um, Just potentially. Yeah, and I think we could put um, in in the uh, like the notes. Uh, there's a I think there's a link that we can go to. You can go to Soundstripe.com uh, and just um, talk with one of our. Um, customer uh, service people, uh, and they can get you the link as well. Uh, but it, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's fairly easy, um, you know, to submit your music. And then once you do, uh, um, you know, we'll, we'll get back in touch with you. Awesome. I'll let everyone know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but you're not on the lookout actively because you're trying to scale the company. So what's, what's the way of doing this? Well, we're constantly looking for new talent. I mean, it's, uh, 
like if there is talent, um, we want to like we we love to to meet new talent. And even if we're not in a place to hire that person right now, like it might be three or four months down the road. Uh, but you know we're constantly looking. So uh, you know we may not be hiring right now, but it, you know that that it, it's a constant constant lookout. So what's what's the deal with the scaling? How do you look um, to scale your company in the future? Ooh. Oh my gosh, how much time do you have? Um, Couple of minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we, um, with scaling the company now, it, it, like what we've seen in the past is when you first start as an entrepreneur, you are doing everything, right? You're doing all the work. Uh, and then you, uh, scale to a place where you hire people to do the work. Um, and then you scale to, uh, you finally get to scale to a, a new place where you hire managers that hire people that do the work. And that's kind of where we're at now. Like, so, you know, we're scaling, uh, you know, customers um, like crazy. Uh, but, it, you know, we're, we're, we have so much work to do on just, you know, uh, forming, um, the company uh, and and forming you know leadership and like we have a lot of that in place, but as we grow, uh, that gets harder. Like you know product and things like that, like improving the mobile experience and improving uh, checkout for you know somebody in uh, let's say Egypt or something or like that uh, that gets very uh, challenging uh, as you grow. And so you know. But those are those are honestly the the fun issues of of growing. I mean, these are these are great problems to have. <laughs> A lot of people don't ever get to to have these problems. So um, yeah, it's uh, you know we and from a marketing perspective, um, you know we are um, constantly trying to look at where the market is uh, and you know potential segments of customers to go after. Uh, and you know that that could use a service like Soundstripe. So it's a uh, it's a constantly uh, evolving thing as we scale. And and like uh, you know, the, and the most important thing is that can you uh, personally keep up with the growth that is happening? So like I try to stay a chapter ahead, um, basically of where the company is at. But it's it's. Sometimes I feel like I'm hanging on to the company, uh, and and uh, and so I, I try to read uh, a ton. I read. Uh, I, I'm a very uh, a nerdy guy when it comes to reading, uh, like Warren Buffett annual shareholder letters and just crazy stuff that I normally wouldn't ever have done that when I was uh, younger. But uh, uh, you know, learning from from uh, older and wiser. Uh, CEOs and leaders of companies. Uh, that's what we're trying to do constantly, and just keep keep learning and growing uh, to to keep up with the growth. So, hope that answers your question. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, where do you see the music landscape shifting over the next couple of years, from your standpoint? The 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 label is going to change a lot. Uh, it already has. Uh, we're seeing this this more and more uh, that you know Spotify is is and streaming services in general have you know uh, all they're holding the power stick right so they have the leverage 
they, they're the distribution now. So, uh, you know, I think um, the, 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 the label is definitely not going anywhere because, because content uh, is king. Uh, what is, is going to be interesting, though, is how the label provides value to the artist because the artist can do so much on their own now. And the artist doesn't, re- they don't technically need the label to get to Spotify. So the, um, the, the job of the label is going to um, really change from what it traditionally was uh, to, I, th- I think it's turning into, uh, they're going to be marketing agencies, basically. Uh, they're going to be, uh, uh, labels are going to be able to take the career of somebody uh, from point A to point B. Uh, and so that's going to be kind of an all-inclusive uh, type help uh, with marketing, you know, uh, with uh, PR, with touring, uh, with all of the things, putting putting a essential um, staff into place that can help um, artists grow to the next level. Uh, you know, and you can certainly do it on your own, uh, there's n- nobody that says you can't now. Those walls are, are kind of broken. Uh, and so that's amazing for some artists that want to do it on their own. Um, and, you know, so it just, I feel like I'm really, I think we are in the kind of ama- this amazing age of, of the music industry. I think it's, it's, it's uh, I look at it and I feel so uh, blessed to be in it. And, uh, and there, there's a lot of good change happening. Um, and, and artists right now, too, have you know, more power than they've ever had. Like Content is really important. Uh, it, it's really difficult. Uh, it, you know, there's good and bad of, of this. Obviously, the bad is that everybody now can put their, their, their music on, on streaming. And so now you have to stand out um, and um, and so that's your job now as the artist, uh, and that's that's that that is the difficult part. Now everybody, you know, and the same with producers. Now everybody's a producer. Everybody can run to Guitar Center or buy it online and go, you know, right. buy a, a Rode microphone. I see you, you know, buy some Pro Tools, and then you're up and running or Logic or whatever you use. And the the um, and that's what I, you know, I was mentioning earlier about the, the, the mediocre freelancer. There's going to be more and more and more of these people that are average uh, and that can that, that are just, you know, they're pretty good. They, they have a website that says, I do this and do that and do this, 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 this. And I, you know, like I offer recording and offer producing and composing and mixing and I do everything. And that's... <laughs> <laughs> that's going to really hurt you uh, in the long run because it, it already does to most of, of those guys. Oh, I see yeah, them online. Absolutely, they struggle already. <laughs> yeah, it, it, because and and so the power, uh, you know, of the artist and, and these producers and everything is you, you have to figure out how um, to find an audience, and that is um, that's the hard part now. Like used to. You're an artist. You get on the radio. Boom, you're done. But now that's not how it works. You have to find. Yeah, because music, music is not your product anymore. Music is what you do to market your product. So it's the marketing to promote whatever it is yourself, your behind the scenes, your world. It's not the end product. Because I have a lot of guys 
producing music, putting it out, and that's it. And they think that's the product and build it and they will come, which is the biggest lie in the music industry. Nobody will come to you just because you spend all of time um, behind the scenes, first of all. And the next thing is, whatever you do, music is not the final product. That's why all of those vloggers, bloggers, and Instagram guys are burning and like hyping and getting hyped up because people love whatever's around those guys, whatever's happening behind the scenes and on a daily and a drama and the, and the emotions with that. And the music is just the icing on top. Absolutely. The I mean, to put this bluntly, artists are now brands uh, more than they ever have been. Uh, and so it's like, just think about how you're creating the next Coca-Cola, but it's a person, you know, and that's how we, you have to think about it now. I mean, you're right. The music yeah. is- And you might dislike it. I dislike it in a sense because it's very mercantile and very capitalistic in a sense, but it's the way it is right now. And either you accept accept the, the truth and the current stand of, of the marketplace or not. You, you can be pissed about it. Yeah, exactly. Or accept it as it is. You, you don't get to choose the market. Uh, the market kind of decides and, and uh, you know, that's, that's unfortunately kind of how it is uh, now. We, we, we're not in this, this heyday of, of you know, yeah, being a jazz musician or whatever, and you're in a room just making music and smoking cigarettes, and it doesn't really work like that anymore. And you, you, you have to just come to accept that and, and to know that there's a lot of good that still happens from it, and there's a lot of great music created. Um, but it, it, the, the, the ones that do well and that survive uh, are the ones that cr- kind of create these these mini brands, uh, you know, and we're not talking about becoming Katy Perry. We're talking about becoming a very localized brand that has a has a thousand fans, a raging fans that will spend money to go see them, will buy all their their merch, uh, will follow them, uh, you know, through you know. Um, right. Uh, I, I said it to, on, on the third or on the second episode of the podcast. I said. If you have 1,000 fans who spend $100 in the cor- over the course of a year on merch, your music, visiting your concert, that's 1,000 fans times 100. That's 100K. That's a good living for everyone. You don't need to be Kanye West in a sense. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and so we're talking about you know the future of the music business. I, I, I really think that this middle-aged uh, or middle class, sorry, middle class musician is going to really step into the forefront here. Uh, you know, whether that be through labels or just doing it on their own. Um, you know, and that's not just artists, but producers and and all types of people that work in this business. Uh, and uh, there's going to be more opportunity, uh, but also uh, means that that you're going to have to be ex- exceptional. Uh, and and uh, and you're going to have to do really really great work uh, and be known for a uh, a niche that very specialized particular thing. Exactly. You want to be, you know, in website form. You want to be the guy that makes websites for uh, chiropractors. You know, like don't make websites for everybody. Makes websites for chiropractors. And so that's that's you know. Uh, that's how you get ahead. And I think that's a good point to end the podcast because we cover a lot of ground here. And 
I would appreciate a couple final words of encouragement or wisdom um, for me and the listeners of our podcast. I, I think overall, I'm. Um, I think it's really important to to take a step back and to see the forest through the trees. Sometimes, sometimes um, when I was a producer, I saw the uh, I, you know I, I followed. Uh, gear slots. I followed all this stuff, got really into, you know, gear. Uh, and, um, and I, I, I knew then that at the end of the day, none of that mattered. And, uh, and, and it's all a piece of the pie. And sometimes you, you need to see the forest through the trees. And so I, um, like, you know, so I encouraged people to, to, Figure out what they love to do and go after it and do do what it is. Like you have that theory about what you think this world could be like. We all need you to do that. We we like the world is craving that. And like don't get don't get sucked into, you know, the trees and looking at all the detail. Zoom out and look at uh, where everything's at. And we need more people to step up uh, in this world and and do what it is that they're doing, whether it's you know being an artist or being a writer or being a, a producer or a mix engineer. And um, and so I'm really you know encouraged um, encouraged by by that in that there is so much um, opportunity to to thrive now. Uh, you know you have everything. Um, I mean, like put politics aside, everyone gets like super just like thrown off by that or by the things that are happening in this world that we don't like. But that's, again, seeing the the, the forest through the, the, the trees through the forest, not being able to see the forest and like just look up and like we are living in the best time to be, you know, a musician, um, uh, the best time to own a business and to create something from nothing. Like, look, can you believe like we're on the Internet talking to each other uh, You and you're in Berlin, I'm in Nashville, like. That's crazy. We're able to have these re- relationships on Facebook and other things. It's uh, you know, uh, I've met so many people that I wouldn't have ever in my lifetime would have met 40 years ago. Uh, and now we're able to create these businesses of you know great impact online. Uh, I mean, that's amazing. And so don't get caught up in the the negativity and the the crazy details. Uh, and and thinking that everything's bad because it's really not. If you look up and um, it's you know there of course there's a lot of bad happening. Uh, th- that's always the case. But if you really like try to look up, look out, and see yourself like like go for it. Don't don't. Now is the the perfect time to do it. And especially the if best time. the best time, and especially if you're in your early twenties uh, or if, even in your late twenties, like I, I cannot tell you enough. Like even if you go do it and it fails uh, and you're 29 when it fails, you still have plenty of time to figure this out. Like you still have time, plenty of time to go get a job or whatever it is. Uh, that your your backup plan would be like, I, I just don't think people 
uh, think about risk enough, uh, and they should be risking more when you're er you're younger. And uh, so anyway, that was a long spiel, but I uh, I'm really um, passionate now about people like just like looking like like quit um, like drilling in on details so much uh, and and get out there, meet people and do 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 something that you love because you only live once, you know. People, you've heard them. YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for having me, man. Is this it? was awesome. Dude, it's been a pleasure. Where can people follow you online and learn more? Yeah, besides, besides soundstripe.com, which is obviously your company, but um, on the personal note, um that's Facebook, Travis Terrell. Uh, yeah, I believe. Yeah, you could just look up my name. I'll, I'll be on there, and then um, I'll put it in the description, anyways. Yeah, absolutely. And then I have a website uh, that is uh, travisterrell.live, uh, L I V E, because they uh, dot com would cost me way too much money. So uh, and uh, so I um, I write on there too, and I also have a medium blog. Uh, you know, so there's there's all sorts of things. Uh, that I'm on, uh, not on the Twitter. I don't really do that kind of thing. So um, I would love to hear from everybody. Uh, also, my email is at uh, travis at soundstripe.com. I check it regularly if if people have any questions, uh, comments, concerns, you know, thoughts. I, I I would I love to hear from people that you know would glean anything uh, from something that I wrote or said. So. Um, uh, that that would be I would love to hear from anybody so awesome man thanks a lot I appreciate it awesome Edward a pleasure. have a great day man you too bye that's it folks thanks a lot for listening I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did you'll find all of the links and show notes on every single platform next Friday we are joined by Breezy Riley from Artsy Music which is basically one of the biggest funk related YouTube channels there is She's also our first female guest, so be there or be square, motherfuckers! Also, if you don't follow me on Instagram at edwardcourt, one word, you should. So, see you there as well. Until next time, bye. <laughs>